This is Tracy. And this is Kurt. And this is the MFG cast. to another board game episode of the MFG cast. Woohoo! Ow, ow! Today we're going to talk about a board game that we got sent from Board and Dice for a review called Founders of T-Wood... Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh no! I, you had it before I, and then I actually did. looked at the word. <laughs> Founders of T-Wood... Nope. Tewatiwakan. There it is. Holy moly, I was flipping around the stuff. <laughs> that is a really long word, and it is it jumbles around in my head. Yeah. Anyway, so sorry. That's okay. Uh, Tiling game. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that we um, were so graciously granted the... Oh, whatever. It's a tiling game. <laughs> And um, we're going to talk about um, just very briefly how to play it. This one is quite um, beefy. Yeah. And so we're going to go over real high level on how to play it and then tell you our thoughts. For sure. Uh, is it okay if I talk about who made it? And uh, Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Why would we not recognize? Yeah, recognize. All right. So the designer is Philippe Glauwatz. Boy, I really hope I got that right, Philippe. Uh, artist is Chewy de Leon, Odysseus Stamoglau, and Alexander Zawada. Uh, this game plays one to four players, 45 to 60 minutes, and ages 14 and up. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice that this game is uh, has the ability for solo play, mm-hmm. which you had the opportunity to check out mm-hmm. and i think we'll maybe talk about that a little bit towards the end of the episode yeah if you would be so kind mm-hmm. cool well let's get into it you want to read that yeah let's talk about what you'll be doing in founders of teotihuacan better you saying that than me <laughs> travel back in time to the founding of one of the greatest cities of mesoamerica and become, once again, a part of its history. Design the foundation of a great pre-Columbian civilization with its buildings, temples, and a great pyramid in the center. Prove to be the best among competing architects, and your project will secure you a spot among the great founders of Teotihuacan. I kind of like. Almost didn't get. It I know. I almost like it was like I got mousy all of a sudden at the end of the word, and I was like. Eh. say it with confidence until you get it wrong like me what do you work on wow that was like really authoritative i was like yes Yes, i will get this one 
So we talk about this game being a tiling game. Also, Polyamino, mm-hmm. one of my faves. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this game is quite beefy. Mm-hmm. Has a lot of polyamino pieces, a lot of resource pieces, resource pieces, a lot of mask pieces. Yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of everything. Yep. So, like I said, we'll just do a overview of this because this one is a little bit um, more challenging to go real detailed in through via podcast. Yeah. So, but this one is is cool because it has boards for each of the players and it plays two to four, or no, excuse me, one to four players mm-hmm. like we talked about. But the player mats or the player boards are reversible. Mm-hmm. So... Um, players can have different experiences. Each player can have a different experience, I should say, based on um, the board that they have, or I believe they can have the same experience. I don't think that affects gameplay at all because each person makes their own choice. Correct. Uh, You lay out the game board. Um, It's more of a panoramic type board, rectangular, it's divided into three sections. One section is building your polyamino pieces. One section is building temples. And one section is pyramids. Mm-hmm. And then on the bottom of each of those sections are other actions for influences. Mm-hmm. So whether it's um, adding resources to your board or it's using... Worship tiles, tiles, which we'll talk about throughout your gameplay or uh, advancing your points on your player mat and switching out worship tiles if you would choose to do that. Mm -hmm. So those player boards that I was referencing, they have a score track around them for each player to keep track. And then throughout the board, it's kind of divided into a a grid so to speak so it's divided into a like four four quadrants and you're basically moving your architect around your player board as you play and he only can reach a certain section of your board as you're laying down but the board has a middle section where you can place pyramid tiles to be able to work on that during the game And around the pyramid is also section where you can lay or build other polyamino pieces. You can cover up masks, which are laid out on your board in polyamino pieces for additional points throughout the game. Mm -hmm. And once you cover up a whole one segment of those masks, you can collect points if there are any masks left. Yeah, and it... It's not, there's going to be, there's like three colors of mask and there's uh, different spots on the board where they have groupings of them. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you don't have to fill up all of the sections to get that one, that one mask tile to score the points. All you have to do is do one little subsection of that yep. and then you can score. And I think there's two sections of each of the types of masks. Feels like it. I think so. The one thing that, I had to remember as we were playing this is that 
as you're playing a polyomino game, usually you want to group your polyominoes and not leave any spaces. This one is more of a freeform polyomino mm -hmm. where you can place a one of your pieces or build something wherever you want. Yeah, you don't get negative points for not filling in spots. Yep, it doesn't matter. So um, that that's kind of how that goes. But basically what you do then is there's these pieces that get shuffled based on your player count and those get placed on that game board and they they help kind of distinguish on each of those sections of the game board that I was talking about to um, determine what the play is. So like one of the um, tiles could have a build action, but those tiles also designate strength when you're, um, when you're doing your placement. So yeah. um, there could be build action. There's one that is um, influence that you can use. There's one that gives you one less uh, resource that you have to utilize, those types of things. So that so each player gets six discs, and those count as strength. Yes. Their strength mm -hmm. throughout the game. And you want to use the strength to acquire certain things through um, the play of the game to get the most points to win. Mm -hmm. And so in order to place these discs you can only how many can you cap out on the top of the game board well you cap out at an action strength of four four but okay. with those bonus discs that are laid out in the middle of the board before the game starts that first disc is actually one, one, one yep point. so technically you can only put three more discs on top of that okay and and if i put one on the game board you can still go on. It's not like I've claimed that space. No, but you have claimed the bonus action yes. if your disc is the first one to go on that bonus action disc. Yes. Basically. So we're talking about claiming these spaces. What does that mean? That means if I go in the first section, I can choose to collect a, a polyamino piece, basically. If I meet the criteria or the the space or the, the strength, the of, strength it. of it, yep. so there's different types of tiles that look one's yellow for gold, gray for stone, and brown for wood, mm -hmm. and those can be placed. And then once they're placed on your board in the appropriate quadrant that we we're talking about, so if you're architect is on the top portion of your board when you start you can only place on the top half of your board and then your next turn he they will move to the right side and then you can only play on the right side of the board mm -hmm. and then as you can tell if you move down to the bottom you can only play in the bottom half but if you acquire one of those pieces you place it on that appropriate portion of the board and then you collect the resources based on whatever type of piece you've collected. And you place them around your board or around that piece accordingly. Yeah. So the special rule for as far as getting a building goes, you have to have that much of the action strength to get that one or you can get something less. 
So, like, if I have an action strength of three, I can get a tile that is three spaces, like, you know, either three long big. Three or... Three big, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it covers up three spaces. Let's say that. Yep. If I have an action strength of three and want to pick a four, I cannot. If I want, if I, if I have an action strength of three and want to pick a two, I can also do that because yep. I can go down. Yep. And then if you were the first one to place on that that token on the game board and it has a bonus, so let's say it has a build bonus or something like that, you can choose to grab something else from the other portion of the board. So let's say you have enough resources to be able to move on to the temple portion of the board, which is the middle section of the board. And those pieces are a little bit more unique, so they would be shaped like in a uh, three-piece L or like some other funky piece, I can't think of it, or uh, the letter C. And if you have a certain number of resources and strength, um, it'll tell you what resources you need to pay. So one may be one stone and one wood. And if you don't have enough strength, you have to pay additional resources to meet that criteria. As the piece gets bigger, you pay more resources. They become more like gold that you'd have to pay for like the bigger pieces and things like that. And it'll indicate that on there. Those pieces have to be played in that quadrant that the architect can reach or his range. Yeah also so like that's where it's different between the doing the temple tiles and the building tiles because with the temple tiles you actually have to pay resources and you can pay more if you don't quite have the action strength that you wanted to get a certain tile yes yep and then once you acquire a temple tile then you actually get to pick one of the two worship tiles mm-hmm. is that what they're called mm-hmm. and examples of what you can select from um they are they're divided based on the color of the the temple tiles too or the temple pieces i should say mm-hmm. yep. and so it could be like oh i have to step back for a second you don't use these right away you set them aside yep. and you can use them later but it could be cash in 10 resources and get X amount of points or Mm -hmm. have these two pieces on your board and get this many points or have these two pieces on your board X amount of times for a max of nine times or whatever and get this amount of points. Those types of things. And you can later use your, what are those again? One of those those discs or what? Your your disc, your player discs. And you can use that, and that's that bottom influence section, and you can actually kind of cash those worship tiles in yeah. and, to, to score additional points. Yeah, and that influence action is just below the uh, the temple tiles, just for reference. Yep. The influence uh, section actually displays along the whole bottom mm-hmm. of the board. And there's more or less of those action spaces depending upon player count. Yes. Yep. And then the last section of the board is that pyramid section. So now at the beginning of the game, you have the ability to post 
or place three pyramids on your board anywhere you wanted. Now, as you acquire pyramids, they have to be placed in the section that your architect is in. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep that in mind as you're going around and collecting pyramids. And um, anytime you collect a pyramid, you actually move ahead two points mm -hmm. on your board. But to collect a pyramid, I think it's what? Two gold and a... Two gold and a wood. wood. Yep. But then if your action strength is less than four, because every pyramid tile is worth four... Uh, strength. action strength then you have to pay gold yeah to uh match that which yep. is it's it's tough so if your architect is on a side where you filled up all the pyramid spaces you can't go there <laughs> yeah but once you filled up the entire bottom section of your board with pyramid tiles then you move up to the second section because it's going to get more bang for your buck the next time around mm -hmm. And then um, there's also influence below on that section also that I think I alluded to at the beginning that talked about um, you could use influence to move up and you'd move two. I think the first time you move up, you'd move two on the track. And then we were talking about those worship tiles that were cashing in maybe resources or whatever. You can always trade a worship tile, but it'd be color for color. So if you maybe liked one of the blue worship tiles better than a blue one you have in your hand, so to speak, or on the table already, you can trade them at the same time you move up on that influence track, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why don't you, did I miss something there? I don't I was think trying so. To, I mean, it was kind of high level. There was some yeah. detail. So what happens? Like, based on movement, like, each round, you want to tell them that, and then, like, game end? Mm-hmm. Scoring? Yeah. All right, so end of the round. So once you run out of your action disc and you can't play anymore, you actually have to pass. Now, and I don't remember if this is something we alluded to before, but uh, and I think you did. Every time you take your turn, you're always moving your architect to another side of the board. Yep. Once you can't do anything else and you have to pass because your action discs are used up, then you pass, but you don't move your architect. Your architect actually stays there. And another thing, too, that I think we alluded to, but I think I will just remind people, too, like if you're putting your action disc on the, on the board there, you can't go any higher than four, like we said. So yep. anytime you want to play on a space and there's four discs there, including that bonus disc, then you have to play somewhere else. Okay, so now getting into uh, uh, end of the round. You move your, uh, what is that, the sun sun disc or sun tile? You move that up one. That indicates the next round. Uh, another thing that's one of, what's going to be happening is each round, you're going to need to be getting rid of one of your action strength disc. So that kind of sucks. It's like, okay, well, we're getting into later rounds, but now you have less actions or less chances to do actions possible. You, then you're also refilling your board. So like, um, depending, refilling the game board. Yes. Yeah, so like, uh, depending upon player count, there's only so many pieces on the board. So like on a two player, in a two player game, the buildings there's only one building a piece on that player board or on that main board. There's 
only two of the temple tiles. Two of each. Two of each. Sorry. Nope, uh, that makes a difference. On those so. spots. <laughs> yep. And then on the for the pyramid tiles, there's two of each color, and that's it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it, it depends upon uh, player type or player count. It would be more or less. And then you pass the first player token to the the player, uh, the next player. What's the word I'm thinking of? Clockwise. 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 Thank you. <laughs> and then you start the next round. You'll go until you play three or four rounds, depending upon player count. And then once the game ends, you're going to be scoring for that game. Okay? So scoring goes like this. So you know how we talked about getting those mask tiles. So if you put those pieces and match up those mask or uh, cover those mask spots on the board, you're getting those mask or mask point tiles. Once you get those, you're scoring automatically. So that actually happens during the game. So you'll be able to move up there that way. Um, end of game scoring is going to be a little different. So like you're scoring some stuff during the game too, where you've got like your worship tiles will give you some points putting on on those uh, uh, bonus tiles or bonus discs will give you points. Like one of them is like, oh, you get a bonus point and then your action strength is one more than what's there. Yep. But uh, on the actual end of game scoring, you're going to be matching up your pyramid tiles with your temple tiles in each quadrant. So like I said, there was those, or like we said, there is those four quadrants. And then you take each quadrant and you multiply the pyramid tile, depending upon where it is, times the temple tile or temple tiles. So on the lower part of your temple, those uh, temple tiles are two points times however many of that colored temple pieces that are there. So if you have, like, say, in one quadrant, you have two green and you have uh, are two green that are on the bottom, and then you've got three of your temple pieces. Then it's going to be two for each pyramid tile times the three temple pieces you have there. Boy, I feel like I'm saying the same thing because like pyramid and temple for some reason feel like they're so I know, close together. I know, I did that every time. Um, also, they don't need to touch they just have to be in the same quadrant. They just have to be in that quadrant. I always, for some reason in my head, always thought that they had to touch. No, they do not. And then if you have any of those uh, temple pieces or those temple tiles. Uh, no, sorry. If you have any of those pyramid tiles that are on the second level or higher, you're going to be scoring three times as many of your temple tiles that are on the board. So you'll do that math. You'll you'll grade each quadrant and then it's whoever has the most points between all of that wins the game so really in, in summary like the gold the stone and the wood are kind of just they're not really hosing up the show they're helping you to elaborate your board to acquire pyramids and temples 
and score more points there and acquire those resources to be able to buy those. But you don't technically score on those unless you have like a worship tile that you'd score that would say, hey, if you have this piece and this piece or, you know, whatnot, you wouldn't technically score on those because any worship tiles that you have at the end of the game that you didn't, or well, any worship tiles you have at the end of the game don't count. No. Like you can't be like, oh, I want to cash these worship tiles in. No, you would have had to use one of your pieces and uh, used it for influence mm-hmm. to cash it in. Yeah. So those are things to remember because if you're like me, you will have a lot of them that you'll never be able to use. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, even if you have a bunch of resources on your board, if you want to place, and I don't know if this is something we said, if you want to place a piece that where some of your resources are, you can place them there, but the resources are lost. No, we didn't say that, but that's good. So that's pretty much how you play Founders of Teotihuacan. See, we said it was beefy, <laughs> didn't we? There's a lot to it. Yeah. There is. And there's a lot of strategy to it, too, for, like, the couple of times that we played it. I actually played this solo, too, and, like, I'll just reference this really quick. Like, in a solo game, you're actually playing the game very similar to how you would play it with multiplayers, but you have, like, a bot that kind of helps with certain things and then you also uh, this is the interesting thing to me is this so you're playing this solo game and you've got this bot that kind of plays too and takes stuff away and stuff like that well at the end of the game you have to a you have three challenges that you kind of roll for they give you like this eight-sided die and you roll for three challenges that you have to meet in order to win this game which is in in its in itself is crazy but also no matter how many points you score you take away 80 points that's ridiculous i found it very hard to do <laughs> but i uh tried my hardest and failed but hey it it's not for lack of trying and not for lack of wanting to play it again actually because it's like i really want to do well in this um so I was I was able to play this not only multiplayer but also ultimately play it solo too, and the solo is good, but it's also very very hard. So there's lots of strategies to play this game, no matter if you're playing solo or multiplayer, because you can either a, you know, try to build up your pyramids as much as you can, but you also can't when you're pyra- when you're building up those pyramids, you can you have to realize you can't slough off on putting those temple tiles down because those will help multiply your scores. And, you know, another strategy is getting a lot of buildings down because you have a lot of resources to help do certain things like maybe pay for worship tiles or maybe build more pyramids and stuff like that. But also you can't focus on building so much that you're slacking on the other things and then you're failing that way. You have to find the balance. There's a this game is definitely one where you have to pay attention to balance or you will lose. He just nodded his head at me. <laughs> and that is that. Words from Kurt. Yes. So, Tracy, you're you're one that like always seems to really love playing polyomino games, and this one's kind of different from one of the from the polyomino games that we've played. So what what's your what's your <laughs> Um, opinion of it 
Well, um, the first time we played it, I wanted to play it and structure it like a typical polyomino game. I shouldn't say typical, but well, yeah, like your standard polyomino game. Yeah. So all the pieces were really lined up all pretty on the board. There was no hole left unturned. It was amazing. Everything was grand. Don't do that. <laughs> it it was driving me nuts because if you want to get points to be able to cover up the if you want to cover up the masks, excuse me, and get points and do all those other things, there is no way you can play it like a traditional polyomino game. Yeah, you can't ha- you can't have everything. You cannot have all the things. Nope. And so my first play of this, I was a little bit stressed out. I don't know. Kurt will talk about how he felt about me playing it maybe the first time, like when I'm not in the room. But I felt like I didn't have enough plays, enough turns. But I think it's because... I needed to play with more of an open mind. Like, you can't have all the things. Mm-hmm. But then when we played it again, I think my mind was opened. <laughs> it's like I went to counseling. Oh, I like, don't know. Are you writing this on a like on a plaque or something to sell to somebody? Open I, heart, open mind. Yes, my heart was opened. My mind was opened. I found a new soul. No, um, and it was it was different. I think. I think also having those, the variability of those different um, tokens that get shuffled and placed on the game board um, in those different spaces made a difference too because you we could um, double dip on sections and stuff like that was really nice. But just having the open mind of this is not a traditional polyomino game made a world of a difference mm-hmm. the next time I played it. Yeah. So, you know, because the, what our first play, I beat you by what, two points? And the next one, it was more. more. <laughs> <laughs> no one will talk about how much it was. Just kidding. It was a lot. <laughs> what was that? I said it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I think if we're going to get into talking about, like, are we talking about how we felt about it? No? I think that's why I asked you. Okay. So, like I when I first started this episode, I said this game was very beefy. Mm-hmm. Don't be intimidated by all the parts. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you should. Nope. No, it's just I mean, it has a lot of parts, meaning like there's a lot of polyomino pieces, but I think you have to have them because it it um the game is offered. For up to four players. And so there's a lot of different polyamino pieces that are offered um, for other people to take. And there's a lot of worship tiles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The only thing I think... I, I really, really... I like the game. I knew nothing about it. Honestly, I'd never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't pronounce it. But that's cool. It needs some sort of storage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we've talked about that. 
Um, otherwise, I can't think. I like the fact that the player boards flip for some variability there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, those player tokens on there that you have variability with being able to um, shuffle those and mix them up too. I will be curious how, how it plays with more than two players because we've only played it at Kurt played it at uh, one player solo and we've played it at two but otherwise I'd be curious how it plays with more than two players yeah because it, at at more players than two it opens up more spaces for putting disc but it also lends itself to maybe having higher action strengths eventually too with between people the players going back and forth too possibly and maybe some fist fights Ooh, fist fights love me some fist fights i don't what <laughs> i don't know i won't fight anybody i know i, I don't know can. i like this game yeah yeah i i do too it's it i think the first game is kind of a learning curve because you kind of have to know all the pieces and where to go but again just like tracy said i think don't be intimidated by it I think it's just one of those that eventually once you get into it, you really start to learn, you know, what you need to do and how you need to do it. I like that there's different ways of strategy of winning the game instead of just, you know, a couple and it seems very like going down the same path kind of thing. Well, and I think you're also more prone to experiment with it. Mm -hmm. Like this time, do I want to just try to do all the pure or try to get pyramids and build that up or do i want to um do a collaboration between pyramid and temple to get the most points because Mm -hmm. this last game you were striving for pyramid Mm -hmm. um building the pyramid and i was trying to build colors and pyramids and temples and that served me yeah like I was worried for a while because he built his pyramid higher, so he was getting bigger multipliers. But I had like such a big group of blue, yeah, that I was I scored. Well, you had probably twice as much, if not more, of temple tiles. So even if I have all these pyramid tiles down, I'm not getting any of the multiplication because I don't have as many temple tiles down. I think. My blue temple tiles filled up three quadrants. Two. Not filled them up, but they stretched Stretch through out. three quadrants. Yeah, yeah. So you which, can... Yeah, so where, you know, where the placement of those pyramid tiles is, is some of them can split stretch into two quadrants, so you can score more points that way. I do need to get over the fact that my... The colors don't need to touch the colors, though. Yes, yep. Because... Did you notice that yesterday when we played, all that. my blue touched? Yeah, it looked like you had a C on the right side I, of your I board. I did. <laughs> all my colors have to touch. Yeah. But then again, I had to get over the fact that it, I'm not playing a real, like, fill in the, you're going to lose points if you don't fill in the holes. Yeah, yeah. Polyamino game yeah. either. This yeah. isn't Tetris, people. It is not. It is not. One of the pluses is they, when they even sent us our review copy, they gave us another whole bag of resources, which is cool because just in case you lose some or really, you know, maybe you need them for another game. You opened uh, it up. I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, the only like little nitpicky thing, and that's the thing that Tracy just ta- talked about, is is storage. Uh, because all of these tiles that we have, they didn't really have anything. There was like 
I would have even just liked a couple of bags. Luckily, we're big nerds. We have some plastic bags that we had saved over from access from other games and stuff like that. So I was able to bring up some bags and store all that. So otherwise, it would have just been a hodgepodge. Yeah, it was. It was one of those things where I tried to put them in piles and put them in the box, but even if you shake the box a little bit, it's just so. But anyway, that's a little nitpick. Besides that, I really, I mean, I really like this game a lot, too. I mean, it's one of those that, I like polyomino games, too. I love a challenge. Playing, when I first played this game, I played it solo, and the first game I did so terribly, it actually kind of, I don't, I'm trying to think of the word, hurt my feelings. <laughs> it was one of those who was just like, I lost terribly, but it didn't. It didn't throw me from not wanting to play the game. It actually challenged me to want to play it again. And that's what you want with the game. You want a game to continue to challenge you to come back to play it, to beat it, to do better. And that's, I think, the mark of a great game. Well, and the ever-changing strategies Mm -hmm. that you can have, like we alluded to. I think that's nice because I feel like then it won't be, it won't get old yeah. As fast. Yeah, exactly. All right. We've already talked about taking this on vacation with us. Yeah. That'd be awesome. We're going on vacation. Whoop. We're going to go see our, our, hopefully see our buddy John. Not hopefully. For, we will. You never know. I mean, things might happen. You don't know. A rock may hit our, hit our car and we'll never be able to go anywhere. Hey. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wow. Sometimes life gets in the way, but we'll be, it'll be fun. Be on, be on we vacations. are going. We are going. It's going to be great. Anyway, let's stop talking about our stuff. And let's talk about what we rate this game. So we have our MFG cast rating system. We have a collection keeper. It's one that you want in your collection. It's one you want to play more often than not. It's one that anytime you see, it's like, oh, that's a game I want to play. You have your fair player. It's one that you're probably not going to play every single time, but it's going to be one that you're going to want to play more often than not. Our Overlooked, it's one of those that maybe you'll play every once in a while, but you'd rather play another game instead of it. And then there's an Unfortunate Passer where it's just a game that we just not our thing. All right. You go first. All right, I'll do it. I think this is a collection keeper. I really dig it. I think it it would actually get a lot of good plays in it. I'm excited to play this more with you. <laughs> like yeah, you're like. Uh, also play this with old podcast partner Mike when we bring this on vacation. Play it with John. So it's like one of those things. That it's like when you're when you see a game and you want to play it with other people and you're like, oh, can't wait to introduce someone to this game. That means that you're excited about it. Yeah. So I call it a collection keeper. Over to you, Tracy, at the MFG Cast News Desk. <laughs> Attention, everyone. The weather looks great over here. <laughs> Sorry. Over I... here. <laughs> Not just outside. Over here, the weather is great. Which happens to be like three feet away from him. Yes. The, summer, weather, summer, the weather is great over here. Summary in 61. In yeah. our house. Yes. Go for it. <laughs> um, I would agree with Kurt. And say collection keeper. I don't want to play it with him. No. Oh, oh just kidding. Wah, wah. Guess I'll be playing this solo after There's all. There's a cloud over his head, ladies <laughs> oh, and gentlemen. No. See what I did there? Okay. Bum, 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 uh, bum. <laughs> we're Sad digressing pretty fast. Yes, all right. Okay. Uh, collection keeper. Why? 
because of everything that you said. <laughs> no. Yes. Um, well, you know, again, I'm going to reiterate what you said, actually. If you think about this game and you say, hey, like, I think so-and-so would like this game. As soon as you said, hey, I, I think we should play this game with John, I was like, well, duh. Like, <laughs> why didn't I think of that? Or, you know, we had it sitting on the kitchen table and I walked past it yesterday and I was like, hey, we should play that game again. Mm-hmm. You know, we still had it sitting out. Like, we hadn't put it away yet. So, I think that's a good, I think that's a good sign. And so, I don't have anything else. <laughs> Boy, that was really, really good. <laughs> stellar, stellar review from Tracy Elmer at the news desk. Okay. Ooh. So, yeah. I think, yeah. Again, it's this... Uh, Philippe came up with a, a fantastic game. It looks great. It plays great. Um, yeah. Just one of those that we suggest that you play. if Especially if you're a... Uh, we actually haven't played its predecessor, Teotihuacan. But uh, this is definitely a great game when? in that in that uh, world. When did this game come out? This game? Yeah. Not that not that long ago. And it already has a predecessor. Did I say predecessor? What comes before a game? What comes before? Uh, prequel. Prequel. Yeah. There we go. Sorry, it's prequel. Hey, what you look on? Wouldn't it be? Yeah, sorry. I thought it was kind of weird that it would be called. Yeah, I yeah. So yeah. this didn't come out very long ago. No, and the other one, I I feel like last year it came. Because I thought if this didn't come out very long ago, then how did the other one already come out? <laughs> sorry. Like holy moly, they have. I just thought I would say a big word and I didn't know what it meant, so I apologize. Why am I Southern all of a sudden? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And then don't say the word if you can't spell it. I will Why not. am I? <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're what's gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna let everybody go before Holy they Holy moly. We totally lose well, everyone, you can find us on Twitter at MFGcast or at Mrs. Og. You can find us on Instagram at MFGcast Family. Yes. He, I sounded like there's no question mark at the end of that, but Kurt changed the handle. Yep, yep. So it was confusing. Yep. Or I am on at Tracy Omuler on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Did I see Instagram for that, for yours? Yes. Okay. Um, What else? At MFGCast on TikTok. Oh, TikTok, get out, stop. Yeah, haven't done, I need to do more TikToks. I haven't done them in a while. And YouTube. Yes. Where Kurt is posting some videos, uh, imperfect playthroughs mm-hmm. of some solo plays of, I think, recently The Bloody Inn and also. Uh, Dice Miner. I was doing charades. I'm like, he was doing charades, and I was like, I'm like, some digging of bodies? I'm like, that's The Bloody Inn. And also, he did a playthrough of. Oh, no! Iron Helm! Yes! I can see him out of my peripheral, I can never say that word, vision. Anyhow, so check us out. 
and we would love to have you. Awesome. Well, until next time, I'm Kurt. And I'm Tracy. And this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.